Welcome to the How Soccer Explains Leadership Podcast, where we explore leadership principles through the lens of the beautiful game. Welcome back to How Soccer Explains Leadership. Thanks again for being a part of the conversation. I'm your host, Phil Dark, and I have with me again, Paul Jobson, my co-host, brother in arms. And today we are going to be talking about the World Cup coming up. It's actually this Sunday. I'm pretty psyched about it. I mean, even with all the stuff that we're going to talk about, the, the corruption, the other thing, the players still play, and I'm really excited about these different teams being able to come together and play on the world stage. Before we get into a little bit of that, Paul, what's up? Oh, man, it's good to be back with you again, Phil. Things are things are good here in Waco. We did some wrestling this weekend with, mm-hmm. with one of the kids. We got football wrapping up. We had a big kind of end-of-the-year end fundraiser for Warrior Way Gives that went well, trying to stay healthy as the temperature changes from the mid-90s to the mid 40s and 50s in Waco, yeah. so everybody freaks out. I actually had my big puffy on today, and it was 50 degrees. I kind of had to laugh at myself, but but yeah, man, things are things are great here, man. How about how about you guys out there in, in Cali land? Yeah, you know, we skip fall too. Fortunately, <laughs> we have a few trees that are pretty, but that's about it. That's all we got. The weather did not go into that beautiful fall weather, unfortunately. But they got starting up high school soccer always a really cool time and a tough time because of cuts and you know you know all that stuff but Mm -hmm. you know you're you're making dreams come true and you're crushing dreams all in the same time and and that's 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 it's it's really cool to see the the one side of it it's always hard to do the other but but yeah you know just lots of lots of you know year-end stuff love to hear about warrior way and the the great you know results of the of the fundraiser that's always exciting to hear got year-end stuff of course with the with the ministry and all that but and just plugging away and and really got a lot of balls in the air and mm-hmm. trying to trying to keep them going and making sure that they're the right balls too. And that's always a constant leadership decision too, right? We talk about all that stuff. You know, we all have these different decisions to make on on what we're supposed to be doing and how we're supposed to be doing it and, and to make sure it's the right things. And so, you know, one thing I want to clarify is, is your, your boy was wrestling as a sport, not you or actually rest. You probably wrestled with them all at some point over the weekend, but, but that is what's going on here too. Yeah, right? I guess, I guess that is good to, to clarify because yeah. probably just assume that the jobs and boys are always wrestling, which is true. That yes. is a household event, but yeah, I've got one who's, Entered the competitive world of wrestling, trained for an entire year. We told him, hey, if you want to wrestle, that's great. It's a big commitment. If you train for an entire year, then at the end of that year, we'll start putting you in tournaments. And he did it, man. Two hours, two hours, sorry, four hours a week, two days a week for a year to be able to do that. So I give him credit on his persistence and his effort. But yeah, we, we did our first tournament this weekend and it's actually a lot of fun. So there's something to that, you know. 1v1 event where it's it's you and the other person and uh, if you lose it's on you or or to their credit and vice versa there's no no hiding in soccer you can hide a little bit football basketball you can hide you know because you've got teammates and they can assist you but in wrestling man it's it's you and that other person and that's that's it so it's it's truly a lot of fun to watch yeah, that is cool. That is super cool. That's actually one of the things we yeah. talked about with baseball too, with Justin when he was when he was playing this last this last time. It, it's a team sport, yes, but it's such an individual sport too. As far as when a pitcher and a batter, they're going toe to you know they're going head to head, and and there's nowhere to hide. Like you said, you can't you know, if you strike out, <laughs> you you can't just be like oh it's somebody you know a guy you know somebody didn't get me the pass or whatever you know. And if you're right. pitching and you're getting crushed. 
you're out there on that mound and it, it feels, it doesn't feel like there's eight other people on that field with you. It feels like you're all alone on that mound. And so there, there's so many, that's what I love about sports. There's so many great lessons in all the different sports and, and oh, really yeah. cool stuff. And, and I think the hard work and all that comes, comes with all of them. But, um, but yeah, that's, that's, that's so cool. I'd love to hear Like I'm, I'm excited to hear like, as it, as it progresses with that, with wrestling and, you know, I know football and these different sports and the jobs in the house to see, you know, where they end up with the, you know, two very high level soccer, soccer parents are for, they always, if they all end up there, who knows? It's, that's a cool, it's always a fun little thing to see the journey of these kids and those different sports and, yeah. you know, being in well, Texas, so, so it's kind of hard to so avoid fact, football. So we don't so. get fact checked. So I don't want to get fact checked. We have one very high level soccer player in this house. One yeah. very high uh, okay. level, one uh, right. sub maybe average level. So just, I don't want to get fact checked, you know, here on the podcast and come back and be like, Oh, we're making stuff up. Yeah. So one high level soccer player and an average soccer player in this household so <laughs> i would not call marcy average paul I, I, now you're gonna get I, me in trouble I, phil <laughs> now you're gonna get me in trouble paul <laughs> you were part of the blue hose you were part of the blue hose we've already established this man that's that's as high as it gets scottish stockings we've already talked Listen, about this bro two-time south atlantic conference champions you know a run in the ncaa tournament i mean that's pretty powerhouse right yeah compared to a pro in Germany and the U.S. and the U.S. national team, right? It's, I mean, come on. It's pretty amazing. I, I do yeah. expect, I'm still waiting to see the actual blue stockings hanging up behind you as we record it's one of these times. So, I'll but, have to get uh, them to send me some. Yeah, we'll get there. We'll get there. Yeah. All right. So, let's get to it. We, gotta, we are yep. going to do a World Cup preview today, as promised. And, you know, but as we talked to, alluded to a little bit earlier, it wouldn't be a World Cup preview show with the World Cup in Qatar. If we were to do one in Russia with the Russia too, it would have been the same thing, by the way. But it, to talk of, it, it wouldn't be that preview show without talking about the corruption that happened in, in order to get this into Qatar. And, you know, I actually watched FIFA Uncovered on Netflix. It's a four, four show docuseries. Very, very good. Strongly recommended. If you want to see from start to start to present FIFA and the corruption and the just the money behind the scenes and and how it really it's just a bunch of businessmen that are making money on the sport rather than a bunch of people who really care deeply about. So it seems like all the people who are the football or the global football people don't get voted in. They don't they don't play the game or they don't do whatever and they don't get voted in as that president role. And a lot of times they're not even the ones doing the local stuff for the different areas of the world. And so, you know, there's there's so much that went on. It's pretty crazy. I mean, it's it's just it's sad. The amount of payoffs that happened in order to get this the to buy votes, you know, things that. You know, and, and it came down. Yeah, they they arrested a bunch of people and there were some fraud charges, but most of those guys are still walking the streets. They're not they're not spending life in prison or anything. And you know what? At the end of the day, it's it is a private organization. It's not a government organization. It's a nonprofit, so it's still under certain certain rules. Ironically, it's a nonprofit and all these guys are profiteering off of votes. But from the beginning, getting advertising and marketing dollars and all these other things. But anyway, what what do you think about all that? And what are some lessons we can pull out of it for for our audience? I, mean, I think the thing that st sticks out to me is is accountability, right? I, I think that you know when you get into a leadership position, and you create. You know, let's take this back to the very beginning when when everything's kind of being created. You know, I'd like to think that it was created initially for 
the good of the game and whatnot. And maybe it wasn't, maybe it was created for the good of their pockets, you know, their, and their livelihood. But I like to give people the benefit of the doubt at the beginning. But I think what can happen is when you jump in for whatever reason, and you realize that, you know, money is a powerful tool and, you know, sometimes things can get out of control, but if there's not accountability and leadership, there's not accountability with the people that are around you, you can, you can lose yourself. You know, and I think that that's, you know, we talk a lot about mentorship. We talk a lot about, having people alongside you that you can trust that aren't just yes people, but people that can hold you accountable to, to what's going to actually be important. You know, I think you even see it in, in building a coaching staff. You know, I think it's, it was always important for us that we could speak honestly with each other as a staff in the staffs that we built to give that freedom of, Hey, if we feel like somebody's going down the wrong path, whether it's, you know, whether it's recruiting or it's handling the budget or it's whatever it is, there's somebody, there's a checks and balances there that, that can keep you in your, in your lane, so to speak. So all of that, I, I think I come back to the world, the word accountability, where was the accountability? Where was the person who was saying, Hey, you know what? I, I think we're going the wrong direction. And there may have been that person. They may have been blackballed early on, you know, but I think you have to, as a leader, you have to seek accountability. And that's, that's kind of what stands out to me in all of that. Cause you can definitely get lost when you're talking about the millions, maybe billions of dollars that are being passed around for, for, you know, countries and the economic impact that it can, this, this tournament can have in these countries is, is, is amazing. So, you know, I can see how people can kind of get lost in that, just knowing human nature and whatnot, but I I just keep coming back to accountability. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. My daughter was taught, was watching the last couple of them with me and she's a freshman in high school. And she's like, why, why would they spend that much money? Why would Qatar spend that much money paying off these people. I mean, it was like $1.5 million in, in, you know, and things like that for, per, you know, for a vote, like it was crazy, crazy numbers. And, and I said, well, they're making millions and millions and millions of dollars and billions of dollars in their country. First of all, um, it brings so much to the country, even though they had to build all the stadiums, even though all of the migrant worker issues and all of those things, we don't have time to get into the corruption and, and the, and the tragedies that happened to make this thing happen which is what is so hard about it. It's like, on one hand, you're like, why are we still playing? But you don't want to punish the the players and the country for the ills and the wrongdoing of these other people. And sometimes you go, well, maybe you, you have to, you know, cause like that some people were saying during the Russia Ukraine conflict, you know, we, we got to ban Russian athletes from everything. And it's like, man, that's such a hard conversation. I get it. I get both sides of it. It's so hard. But I said to her, you know, to give kind of back what we we're talking about, I said to her, and the other thing is you can't under underestimate what a country will do to get their team into the World Cup. Mm-hmm. Right? Even like South Africa, they were yeah. ranked 94th in the world when they hosted the World Cup. Yeah, they won the first game, which was crazy when we watched that. That was an amazing mm-hmm. thing to watch. But they were still 94th. Like, they would not have made that World Cup. So the what that brings, and that was another thing that was, you know, when Seth Blatter won the presidency, he said, I guarantee we'll get we'll get the I'll bring the World Cup to Africa. Right. And then that's when it gets to South Africa. So it's like one thing after another. But but Qatar, like, they basically bought their way into the World Cup, too, which yeah. you can't underestimate that either, because that is such a major like we don't get it here in the U.S., because if you go around during the World Cup while the U.S. is playing and you ask people, do you know what's going on right now sports-wise around the world? Most people wouldn't even know. It's getting to me more and more. But I remember when I was a law, working in a law firm and 
in, you know, I can't remember exactly which World Cup it was. I think it was 2006 World Cup. And I was, I was saying, yeah, I'm going to go watch the game. Oh, no, it was a 2002 World Cup. And I said, go and watch the game. They said, what game? <laughs> and it was the U.S. playing, and I was going down to the sports bar. And they didn't even know it was going, they didn't even know it was happening. Yeah. And I, that's when I was like, we don't deserve to have, <laughs> like, we don't deserve <laughs> to have a winning team in the World Cup <laughs> here in the U.S. But other countries literally shut down. It's everything for them. And so going back to the, you talked about, I think the, 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 pressure on that side leads people to do things they wouldn't do in a in a normal world so to speak and it and it causes them to take gamble and take these chances and these risks you know that other people will do to get their business ahead to get whatever ahead that they're going to do that for their country because it's that important to them but the other thing that is lacking so accountability is one but in order to have accountability you have to have actually have the systems in place to hold someone accountable too right it's like in in our nonprofit and I'm sure you do the same we don't have one person who you know signs the checks and does the books there's like two steps to the person that actually does our books and signs checks from me as the president. I don't touch any money. I don't touch any checks. I have to get my expense report approved by the board chair and some other people. Like that happens for everything that goes through because it has to be 100% above reproach. Appearance of impropriety has to be gone. Everything has, there has to be systems to, to allow for that. So if somebody questions it, you can say, no, like go look at what we do. There's no way that possibly could have happened unless everyone is in cahoots. And I guarantee you all these people are not. Yeah. And that is completely lacking in FIFA. They, they have no idea how these things even happen. It's just basically these guys have a vote. The fact that the Caribbean has 30 votes, even though their teams are never rarely ever seeing Trinidad and Tobago made it into the world cup. Yes. But like, they're not even seeing the, the world cup stage yet. They have 30 votes for the presidency mm -hmm. for where it's going to be all that. That's crazy. Cause one country wouldn't vote. That's a system that actually encourages corruption, mm -hmm. not, not, you know, discourages it. So anyway, those are the things that I, I really see out of it that I think if you put those systems in place, the procedures and the processes in place, that will then lend itself to the, to the accountability. But again, as we've talked about before on the show, really that, that five characteristics of a healthy organization that Patrick Lencioni's put together starts with trust, right? There's no trust in the, there's no trust in FIFA and there's no trust within FIFA. Mm -hmm. They don't trust each other. And there's no healthy conflict going on. It's just people like undercutting each other, basically. So then you're not going to commit to the decisions and have those procedures and have those processes. And there's nothing to hold each other accountable to. So it's just yeah. a, you know what show. So, yeah. but anyway, any, any kind of other thoughts on that? I mean, we talked earlier too about the fact that these aren't soccer people or football people. Yeah. And how that's similar as you were talking about to the college. So what do you what do you want, I want to hear about that? Like what you're what you're thinking there? Yeah, I mean, I, you talk about how you know, you've got these folks making your know, decisions for sport, and they're that's not their thing. They're they're businessmen, which there's there's something to that, right? I think you need to understand business. It is mm -hmm. it is a business. Yeah, so you can't have just you know fully soccer people there who don't understand business, and I don't think you can have full business people there that don't understand the world game either. Yep. It just kind of reminded me of, you know, kind of the, kind of where 
you know, high level college athletics is going. You know, I know for for forever, most of your ADs were, you know, former football coaches. You know, you kind of when you when you graduated from being you know, a college football coach, usually your next step, if you didn't go into retirement, was you became an AD. It was about yeah. that helped fundraising. You were the the name. If you'd had success at a university, you would be promoted up to an athletic director, and that would be kind of your next your next step if you had some business savvy and, and that sort of thing. Uh, now uh, you don't see that anymore. Uh, it's mm-hmm. very rare that you find anybody who has really any any coaching experience at, at a high level athletic director position. And of course, I'm not knocking you know, athletic directors as a whole, but I do think there's a balance there of kind of understanding the the, the thing that you're directing. It's not just about being a, a, a business leader, but it's about knowing the people that you're leading within that business. And I think it just, when you were talking about it earlier, how there really weren't any people in the world of football leading FIFA, it just reminded me that of, of college, high-level college athletics now where there's there's really no coaches in administration anymore. And I think it would do universities very, very well to have a little bit more uh, coaches input because they're the, you know, they're on the front lines with the athletes and the administrators absolutely care a ton about the athletes, but the disconnect is, is, is very much there. Yeah. Um, and I think that getting coaches into the administration piece of it, those that want to would be important. And I kind of see that, that overlap with FIFA too. I mean, I think of any, any business organization in general, if you don't understand the people that you're serving, the people that you're trying to to, to lead or, or raise money for, or, you know, whatever that may be, I think you have a, a major disconnect, which can also lead to how do those systems go in place for accountability sake? Yeah. And also I think there are businessmen who know the game and that's basically the premise of this show, right? Like there's a lot of people who are leading organizations who are leading things out there that are soccer people who have played sports, at least played mm-hmm. sports and are people who are athletic and who have who understand the ins and outs of it, understand the the things that matter. As you talked about with ADs, it's like they're hiring the coaches. Yeah. And yeah, they can bring advisors in, but do they even know which advisors to bring in? If they're not sports people, like how do they even know that? It's 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 something that I was watching this documentary and I was just blown away. This one dude from Blazer, Jack Blazer, I think Jack Chuck Blazer, he was he's one of the biggest. You know, in the CONCACAF, he was one of the, the main dudes. And he basically in the 70s coached his two daughters and thought, oh, there's amazing potential for business and for money in this sport. I got to get involved in this somehow. And he's mm-hmm. this dude who's like, you know, obese dude and who'd never played the game. And he just and he made tons and tons and tons of money on the game. And. I mean, we all know that it didn't necessarily develop U- U.S. soccer as it should have. You know, from the 70s on, it wasn't like it was developing incredibly well, right? Yeah. So anyway, all right. We could go on and on. We're about 20 minutes in. I want to transition to the fun stuff. That's not fun. Like, that's not fun to talk about, but it's important to talk about. If you yeah. have organizations, you don't have those systems. If you have organizations, you don't have people that understand the people that are part of that organization, that are part of those teams, that are part of the athletic program. It's a problem. It's a problem if you don't have, you know, protections in place to protect from hubris, to protect from, I mean, how many clubs do we see? If you just Google embezzlement in youth Mm. sports, you will see way too much popping up. Thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of hits. 
it happens way too often because there aren't processes in place because people assume, oh, they're good people that just care about the kids. Well, I got news for you. They don't a lot of the time, unfortunately. <laughs> a lot of times they do, but far too often they don't. And it's tragic. And so we gotta, we have to be aware of it and we have to protect against it. And that comes by, you know, really bringing the right people in and, and demanding it, demanding that they do it, do it well. So, all right. So we got this little thing happening starting Sunday. <clears throat> Kickoff. We got Qatar versus Ecuador, you know, and then it will culminate with a bunch of other games. And then we'll have a final in about a month, a little over a month, right before Christmas time. Just crazy. It's happening this time of year. It just doesn't feel but right. I got a question. I got a question for you. Are you going to watch that Qatar Ecuador game? Am I going to watch it? Why? Like at, yeah. at a protest to not watch it? Is that what you're thinking? No, 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 not protest. Like, are you, are you going to watch? Are you, is it on your calendar to watch that game? And why or why it's, not? It's a crazy time. First of all, I don't know, man. I don't know. Or is it Saturday? I guess it's Saturday. No, it's not. No, it's, it's, it's Sunday. It's the 20th. Yeah, it's Sunday. It's the first it's not, game. It's not the a, Cup. I'm going to, I'm not going to lie. It's not a priority. Right. Because it's Qatar against Ecuador. It's like, yeah. There's no draw to that game for me, except other, that it's other World than Cup. maybe it's right. It's the first game of the it's World the Cup. It's the first game of the World Cup. That's it's, it. Right. So that's the only draw to that to that match. You Pretty know, much. I, I've talked to a few people over the last couple of weeks. They're like, "Man, I can't wait for the first game of that World Cup." I'm like, "Who is it?" They're like, "I don't know." Yeah. And then you tell them, and they're like, "Oh man, really? Okay, well, but anyway, because the first game of the World Cup, I've been waiting, you know, four years or whatever it is to like." To do right. this, so I I just I just wanted to ask that because I'm the same way. I'm like, it's not a priority. If I happen to be able to watch it, I'll watch it. Uh, and it's unlikely because it's not a great time. But also, it's, no. it's Sunday. Also, it's like you know, I mean, you don't even know any of the players. And we just had, you know, we've we've we haven't had a little bit of time. Usually with World Cup, Premier League ends, all the other leagues end, and then you have three weeks or so, and you're like, oh, I need some more. I need some more football. And then it, then middle of June. All of a sudden, that first game's happened, and you're like, "Oh, finally, more you know, great, great soccer out here." But that that's just not the case. We just watched, you know, a bunch of Premier League games, a bunch of whatever your league is yep. games. I mean, if you're a big MLS fan, it's been a little bit, but I have a feeling if you're a big MLS fan, you're also watching something else. But then I think that 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 group, though, I think the other two teams in that group, Ecuador could be a surprise. I If Qatar does it, I'm thinking there's some serious paying off of refs going on. <laughs> but that Senegal and Netherlands, I think, you know, both of those are are, are tough teams. I think Senegal is my one of my dark horse picks. I think they might do a little bit of damage in this World Cup. When you look through that lineup, there's a lot of really good players on that team that that uh, you see playing every every Saturday, Sunday in the Premier League and other leagues around around Europe. So and Netherlands, man, other than that year, they made it to the final. I don't know, man. They're like they're the under they're like, them in Belgium. I feel like they just in England, maybe you know, they just kind of underperform every time. I'm like, man. Yeah, guys. Are I think the big not... story, the big story that I'm reading, you know, over and over again is everybody just talking about how the the European dominance in the World Cup is is coming to an end. You, you know that it's not the European, the European clubs year after year or whatever that are just dominating. They're, they'll get a, a round or two and fizzle out, kind of what you're, kind of to what you're saying. But I just find that that interesting, and I think, you know, I don't know that my eventual champion will probably come from, from, from Europe. So yeah. All right. So Group A, 
What, what, what are you going to, I think that's a great point. I, I would be curious. Yeah. All right. I out there. How many people are going to be watching? How many people actually, or if this, if you're listening to this after Sunday, did you actually watch? Let us know. Let us right. know that. I'd be curious. I'd be curious. Let's get a, let's get a little poll. Totally unscientific, unrepresentative sample and uh, get the poll of that. Okay. So group A, who's coming out of it? I, I've got Senegal and Netherlands also in opposite yeah. order. I think, I think Netherlands comes out on top of that group yeah. even though i do agree senegal is just they're really overlooked like you said i think that the name of the country i think there's guys on that team that you wouldn't that you didn't know you know not following it closely you're just kind of like oh wow okay senegal yeah. but I, I think that they are the, the the second place group team out of that group netherlands yeah, coming just, out first yeah. I just think their speed may, may, you know, I know you, you have the thing is you got Van Dyke back there in the Netherlands <laughs> and, and that's, that's great. But you got, I mean, they actually have a good keeper on Senegal too. Cause that's often a downfall of a lot of these African teams is their keeper isn't necessarily there, but now you're starting to see a lot of these great premier league keepers with Mendy there. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. I don't know. I think well, both I think, of them come I think out. For, yeah. I think both of them come out, but for me, I've got to be just clear on this. Like, I'm a Netherlands fan too. So mm-hmm. if, if it's close to me, I'm going to pick Netherlands because I, I lo- there you go. He's got the Jersey. I love right the country. When the world cup was in the USA, the Netherlands were in Florida. I got to, to, to hang out with you know their fans and their people yeah. and just, you know, I've been, I've been to their country. I love their, you know, I, so if it's close, I'm going to pick that just out yeah. of emotion because I'm a fan of the, you know, of their country and, and the way they play and you know, the orange, I'm with you. I love, I really do. I really do like, I'm still hurting a little bit with the young not coming over to United too, though. So I'm, you know, <laughs> I'm not going to lie. And, you know, with the Liverpool yeah. center, but I mean, I'm like, I'm going, you know what? I, I wouldn't mind. Of course, you know, I, Mane left Liverpool. So he's now, yeah. you know, at Bayern. So I don't have any, you know, negative thoughts of, of Mane anymore. So it's, it's good. But, <laughs> No, I think I I think probably I you know you got to pick some upsets here because that always happens and, and those African teams often they just their speed their fire their passion mm-hmm. you know I I just they they get excited in the World Cup. All right, Group B. This is one a lot of people are talking about. All four in the top twenty five. Not many people realize that Iran is a top twenty five in the world rankings. And part of it, I think, is a lot of their players just you know they're tight. They play together a lot. It's kind of like yeah. Swiss teams. Every Swiss team, they they surprise because they play together a lot. A lot of them play in the Swiss league together. And I'm I'm assuming that's the same. I don't know a lot of the names on the Iranian team, but but with Wales, U.S., Iran, England, I mean, two of the British, two of the U.K. teams in the same bracket. That's pretty crazy. But what do you think, man? This is a tough one. I think this is a tough group. Not be, and I don't think you get a World Cup winner out of this group. But no. I think the group when itself, the battle to get out of that group, is a tough one. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think my my allegiances probably shine through on this that, you know, I think it's it's going to be England and the USA. But I think I think England comes out on top. I think they they'll do well early in the cup. And like you said, I think they'll kind of fizzle as they as they go. Probably that tends to be their their M.O. And I think for USA, I just I'm just kind of praying they get out of the group. I think they have the ability to. But are they going to be able to step up in every one of those matches against, you know, probably similar ability type opponents to gut their way out of that group. And I think the the telltale game in that group probably will be England versus USA. You know, I think I'm really, that's probably one of the early matches I'm really looking forward to in group stage, but I'm Mm going to say England, England won USA two out of that group. Yeah. So I will say that I agree. England will be, I'm I'm holding up the England Jersey right now because that's going to, I think be the the team that's going to come out on top. That being said, I wouldn't be shocked if England doesn't go through out of this group. Like you said, I mean, yeah. it's like 
this group is you never count out Gareth Bale. I often mm-hmm. call him Christian Bale on accident because he's Batman. <laughs> You've done First that on the all, podcast. Before, I have, actually. I, I have, that. I have. Yeah. And, you know, and Batman, you know, you can never count him out. So, but Gareth Bale, I mean, he, he shows up in big games, right? You got Daniel James, who's fast as, you know, super fast, right? So he comes out, he came out on Sunday against United, his old team and, and scored as a super sub, right? So you got these guys that on the whale, on the Welsh team that are tough and Iran, man, in the Middle East. I don't know, man. They're gonna they're gonna be fired up. They're like right at home. So yeah, and it's tough to travel. It's tough to travel. That's why you see the South American team struggle in Europe and vice versa. But but I I still think U.S. will will squeak it out. I thought, man, I, I don't know. I think I'm with you. I think it's my our allegiance, our, our like nationalism. Yeah. We're like, come on, because the way they've been playing lately, I'm not thrilled. But they have some dangerous players. They have some really yeah. dangerous players. If they can pull it together with the youth and the exuberance, um, it is the youngest team in the World Cup. A lot of people don't realize that about the U.S. team. So I hope they do. I don't see them going very far, but I hope no. they pull it out and get out, get out of the group at the at the very least. And and who knows, maybe make a run. They've done it in the past. And Croatia, other teams have have surprised us to get really far in the World Cup. So, so who knows? But yeah, I'll go. I'm going with England. England first. U.S. second. All right, Group C. We got Argentina, we got South Korea, Mexico, and Poland. It's Argentina, Saudi Arabia. Saudi Arabia, sorry. Not South Korea. Saudi Arabia. Sorry, sorry, sorry. I I got the KSA words wrong. So that's right. That's right. Thank you for correcting me on that. Accountability. Right? Thank you. That's right. Accountability. Accountability. Group C. I'm going, um, I mean, I'm going Argentina and Poland on that one. Mm -hmm. I think Argentina comes out of the group on top and Poland. Sorry to my Mexican friends. I don't, I don't know if Mexico gets out of the group or not. I just, I'm not, I'm not, you know, as I have some allegiance to to Mexico for sure. I just, similar to the U S I just don't know that Mexico has enough of it consistently to get out of the group this year. And and they've got to get through, you know, Argentina and Poland to do it. I think those are two tough, tough teams. Whereas I think the group B is a little bit of a, and it's a tight group, but there's not really a, a powerhouse in that group group c isn't as tough but you've got some you know two really really good teams and argentina for sure has a chance to win the whole thing yeah you know and messi's last messi's last world cup i'd love to see him go out with a a world cup championship you know but i i just don't know if mexico gets through it's interesting u.s youngest team mexico oldest team i believe or their very old team either regardless Cho is a tough keeper. Again, I, as a keeper, that that often gets you through in a World Cup if they get hot, right? I mean, Tim Howard, mm-hmm. when the U.S. went and, and barely lost to Belgium, that was he was a hot keeper, right? So I don't know. This is a tough group. I, I agree. I, I think Argentina does go through, although we've seen them just completely flounder in World Cups, unfortunately. I would like to see Messi go very far, although if they win the group, they will end up hitting Brazil most likely in the semis. That's going to be tough for them. That would be a really killer semi to watch though like a final yeah exactly and and so i i i will i do think argentina does come out on top and i i my my i'm gonna i'm gonna pick mexico here just because i i i don't want my freshman daughter who said mexico is gonna go super far because that's all they do there and she's right. It's all they do in any of these countries, but that's the country she's been to other than Honduras. And they played more in Honduras when she went down there last summer. They, all they, all they did was play soccer. I don't know. I, I think 
I think Poland's probably the better team, but something Mexico just they just somehow pull it out every time in the World Cup to to make it through the first round. Yeah. Well, Phil, um, I hope I hope I'm wrong. I yeah. hope Mexico's Mexico goes through over Poland. Yeah. But my gut, my gut is going with Poland. Yeah. And uh, Lewandowski, so. man, the dude's just super good. Like it's hard yeah. to pick against him, but but I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with Argentina Mexico. So that, that's that's right. our. Our first, I mean, I guess we disagree on the order in, in Group A, but there we go. We'll yeah. see. We'll see. All right, Group D, we got France. We got Austria. We got, or is that Australia? It's Australia. Australia. Right? Yeah. Yep, Australia. Um, Australia. I'm just going with the, the abbreviations to showing how terrible I am with the abbreviations of countries. France, Australia, Denmark, and Tunisia. I think this one's a bit easier for me. I'm going to go yeah, with I mean, they're, they're, uh, yeah. France and Denmark. And I think I'm I'm actually going to kind of gonna just go a little bit on a limb here because I really like Christian Eriksen. And I think that that passion, Denmark is a solid team. I think I'm going to pick Denmark at the top of this. France going number two out of this group. And that's going to be a controversial pick because I think a lot of people, but I, I just see France implode sometimes in, in the world cup and that's what I'm going with. We've so here's it. my, my French Jersey here. And I think their talent on the French team will very likely take them very far, but uh, I don't know, man, I think Denmark's got uh, this whole Christian Eriksen thing going on right now. And, uh, and they're just a very tight knit group. So I'm going, I'm going with yeah. the team. Okay. All right. So you showed the France, just to be clear for our audience, you, you showed the France jersey, but you're picking them second out of the group. That correct? is correct. That is correct. Okay. Yes. All yes. Right. Well, I'm I going just have a jersey. I don't have a, I don't have a, a Danish jersey, so I uh, okay. I can't, I couldn't show the Danish jersey, but right. I still well, have If anybody the... has a Danish jersey, let's get that over to Phil. Yeah, please. ASAP. That'd be pretty fantastic. Um, that would be pretty fantastic. Well, I'm, I'm going to flip that. The, the two are absolutely correct, but I think that France is going to come out on top. We have seen them implode at times. I, I'm I'm hoping that they've resolved those issues through you know leadership changes and whatnot. But I'm going Viva Le Blue, and I think they come out yeah. of the group on top. But I definitely think Denmark is the other team. You got to remember Pogba and Conte are are hurt too, yeah. so that's going to be interesting for them in that midfield. But their attack is insane, though. I mean, just flat out insane. So I. I wouldn't want to face him, I, but I do hope that I hope Denmark does it. Let's go, Christian Eriksen. I liked him before he came to United, by the way. Just for the record, <laughs> just to clarify. Yeah, yeah. Even before his heart attack, I like that guy. He's I, even when he's playing for Tottenham. He's just he's always had a. He just he just does his job, man. I like the guys who just do their job. They don't don't make a big stink about it. They just do their job and they play really really well and super hard the whole game. So all right, we have Spain, Costa Rica. Right? That is Costa Rica, mm -hmm. correct? Yep. Germany yep. and Japan. You mean to go on that one? Yeah, you go first. All right. I think the top two are going to be Germany one, Spain two. Yeah. I think those are the two to come out of that group. I would love to see Costa Rica do some damage, but I, I don't think that's really possible. That's a tough group, man. You I got, don't think that. Yeah. You know, come on. Two of the world, the world <laughs> leaders in that group right there. It's going to be Spain and Germany. I do think Germany probably comes out on top of that group and just I'm just leaning that way based on just kind of what I think. But I'd love to see both of those teams go go really far. I'm a, I'm a fan of the, the, the Spain team, but I think Germany comes out of that group on top. But I think Spain and Germany both make a lot of noise through the tournament. I agree. Deutschland is going to take that group, I believe. They just do, right? They just, they're just solid. As much as France tends to implode a lot of times, they either win it or they implode, right? Um, mm-hmm. Germany is like just steady. I mean, to see them beat Brazil seven to one, like 
That's insane. Yeah. But that's what Germany can do. They just, they just, and I, it's funny after watching the Bayern Munich documentary, like some of these guys, you would never, I wouldn't think of them that, I don't know if you watched that at all, but like Thomas Muller is a total jokester. Like I would not expect that with that guy. Like yeah. when he's playing, he just seems like a, you know, he's like kind of, just I'm gonna be intense German guy. I'm like German, 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 right? And he's just like goofing around, joking around. It's kind of like Horace, right? Like hanging out with Horace, right? Like, that's what yeah. I, I, I can see. Like the Horace probably early on, and it's probably kind of like the Thomas Muller there. But you get that that good German. They're gonna have their good Wiener Schnitzel, and I think they're gonna they're gonna win. I think they're gonna take that bracket. They're gonna take Group E. So you're calling that they're gonna have the the winner Schnitzel. So exactly. Very ah, good. I like go. it. All I right. like it. Well done. Paul Jobson. Thank you. That's a good pun. Well done. Yep. Okay. Group F. We got Belgium, Canada, Morocco, Morocco, and Croatia. The surprise of the last World Cup. Go ahead. What do you think? You got a jersey, folks. He's got a jersey. Belgium. Belgium will, I think they're going to take this group and uh, this is a tough one for me. It's not going to be Morocco. I don't think they're, mm -hmm. they're, I think they're going to, they're a decent team. They're going to play super defensive. They're going to be boring. I think, but I'm going to, I'm going to go with our Canadian neighbors, the, the exciting team they have. I think they're going to surprise Croatia is, um, is a team. Like I, it could just as easily be Croatia and Canada. As it could be Belgium, I, I in those three teams, they're all they're all they're good. I mean, they're really mm -hmm. good teams. Canada has a lot of players who are playing over in Europe, and I think that's in there. And they have the youthful, like they just can just surprise and their pace. They have tons of pace on that team. But I think Belgium goes through as the winner, and I think it's going to be. I think Canada and Croatia are going to battle it out for that second spot, and I think Canada is going to. Again, I think this may be my North American to have three Concacaf teams would be un, un that'd be very rare. But I think I think I would like to see that, so I'm going to go for it. I'm going to agree agree with you on that. As much as I enjoyed watching Croatia the last time out, have a lot of success. Fun team to watch. We, our family really rallied around yeah. that team. It was a lot of fun. I don't see it happening again, but I do agree. I, I think it's, it could be a toss up between Canada and Croatia getting through in that group. Belgium comes through number one, I think for sure, but I'm going to go with Canada too. And it may be, you know, my North American CONCACAF allegiance as well. But I, I think that Canada gets through the second, the second team out of that group. And it, you know, and it's it is hard to go against Modric as well because mm -hmm. that dude is super good, and all those guys. I mean, all the sitches or the itches, <laughs> I guess, Perisic, and I mean, all those guys are very, very, very good players, and they yeah. are. But <clears throat> again, I I think sometimes in the World Cup, man, these one-off games, you get these players that just get you know. But anyway, yeah. So I think that's what we got there. Okay, Group G: Brazil, Serbia, Switzerland, and Cameroon. You go first. I'll go. I love watching Cameroon play. I, I, you know, I love watching them play. I love the athleticism. I love the speed. I love the, you know, I just, I love the the spirit around that team. I don't think they get out of the group. But I do love watching that team. I'm going Brazil one. I think Brazil's got a, a really great chance of winning, winning it all the way through. Mm -hmm. I think you've got mm -hmm. a potential champion coming out of group G with Brazil. And I think Switzerland joins them. I think Switzerland's going to be the the second team out of that group. So I'm going to go with Switzerland. I know that Serbia's got a pretty good team too. I think there's some 
pundits out there that say that Serbia is going to go through, but I'm going to go, I'm going to go with the Swiss. Like I said, I, I really like the Swiss teams. I mean, I, I, uh, they play well together. They're, they, they are a team almost it's every like time a, I ever like see a, them play. Like a Swiss army knife or, or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. I think the last one was better. The last one was better. The, I'm trying too hard now, aren't I? Yeah, I don't know. That was that was not as not as good. It just was. It was okay. I mean, some people will probably laugh. Some people will like that. I'll get some groaners out of it. Yeah, we did. We did have. Why am I blanking on his name? I always blank on his name. Zach Hoffman, who did write the book Swiss Army Leadership. So that goes back to that. If you didn't listen to that episode, go back. So that's a little plug for that. But I got to I got to redeem the that that joke there. So, um. I, I think, but, I, you know, because I think they too, oftentimes they play for Basel or they play for the different Swiss clubs and they, and they, then they, because they know each other really well. I too am going with Brazil, my old school Brazil jersey buddy of mine got oh, yes. this for me. You see how old school it is. Look at that one. Not Cristiano, Ronaldo. but the original Ronaldo, number nine the right OG. there. Oh, gee, absolutely. I, too, think they, they go very far and possibly win it this this time around. I'm going to go with Serbia, though. They're going to be, as much as I like the Swiss, I I think Serbia is going to, they're going to be the Eastern European team. I don't think they're going to be a surprise to anybody out of this group because they're good. No, I think they can very good get players. through. Yeah, they, for sure. They And they're right there, too. That's the other thing, you know. I mean, all of them are right there, but, you know, it's just... It's uh, all these teams are, are local teams too to so Qatar. So relatively speaking, so that's going to be my two. Actually, Brazil's not, but Brazil, all their players play in Europe pretty much. So, yeah. All right, Brazil this year is going to be going to be they're going to be tough. They're going to be really tough, I think. All right, Group H, Portugal, At Ghana. I can't I can't read my answer. Ghana, yeah. Uruguay, and this is Korea. We have finally made our way to Korea, which of course is K O R. So that was very difficult for me early on, thinking Saudi Arabia was Korea, but that's okay. So Portugal, Ghana, Uruguay, and South Korea. Man, this this is another. It's a tough one because these are like <clears throat> a lot of people are like, oh, well, you got Cristiano Ronaldo and Fernandez and whatever in Portugal, but I don't know. They they typically underperform and, and Ronaldo, as I've watched all year, is old. He's not doing he's not he's not like Messi's playing. Messi's still playing at a level that's changing games. Ronaldo just scores. I mean, quite frankly, all he does and he doesn't even do that anymore this year. His attitude yeah. is piss poor. Am I allowed to say that? I don't know, but I did. Sure. Hernandez does some great stuff out there. They have some other players who are who are very, very good. Yeah, Felix and these other young guys are very, very good. I don't know. Sun over in South Korea. Again, those guys play very hard with a lot of passion. That guy is a very, very good player. Uruguay has a very good team this year, too. They're kind of a, a hidden gem there. Ghana, I don't think Ghana does it. Those other three teams, is going to be interesting. I'm going to go with Uruguay winning this group and South Korea number two. I like your picks. I, I'm just going to say this. I think you know, Ghana's not going to get out of the group, but I think Ghana's going to upset one of these three teams and yeah. keep that team from being the second team through. Mm. I, I'm just going to mm. go ahead and predict that that Ghana is like going to play the role of the spoiler like this that. year, and they're going to keep one of those one of the two teams out. And mm. I'm going to say that Uruguay is going through as the number one team. I agree mm. with that, but I think that Ghana is going to play the, the 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 role of the spoiler. They're going to get overlooked by either Portugal or South Korea. 
and they're going to they're going to be the team that keeps one of those teams from being the second team out. Now, in saying that, I'm going to say it's South Korea. I may be eating my words on this. So I'm going Uruguay and Portugal getting through out of that group. But I, I think that I do think that Korea has a has a has a really good shot of getting out. But I think Ghana is going to play the role of the spoiler. All right. All right. I like that. I like that. Even the twist of bringing all of bringing Ghana in as the as the villain for the other team. That's like they and I think you're going back to when they spoiled the U.S. dreams in the knockout round a few years back. Yeah, maybe um, there's something still stuck yeah, inside of me. In yeah. That. Yeah. Yeah, that was a, a, a we felt really good about that one and in extra yeah. time to just just destroy, crush, crush the dreams. Okay, so we're not going to go through each knockout round. That would take way, way too long. We're just going to go and say, all right, who's going to win this thing and why? You, you want to go first on that? No, I'm going to go first. Well, yeah. yeah I'm you go, go first. first. You go first. Yeah, I, I'm going to go first. I think Brazil's going to win it all. Yeah. I think Brazil's got the best team from from top to and I, I just think it comes down to that. I think they show the most consistency. I, I don't see as many holes in there. You know, when I'm trying to poke holes in, in different teams, even as we're kind of talking through this player, that player, you know, this strength, that weakness, I just think that they're, they're the toughest team. And I think that they're going to, you know, Based on their their road to get there, too, I think coming out of their group gives them a pretty good a pretty good road through. Obviously, there's a lot that can happen. I mean, they could see Germany early on, you know, and that could be that could be crazy. They, there's one there's one route where they could actually see Spain and Argentina before they got to the final to possibly face Germany. So they could have a tough road, but I think that that for that team. I don't think they, they do well when they're playing maybe not as good at teams. Mm -hmm. I, I think they need to stay sharp and they need to stay focused. But I, I think from top to bottom, they're the best team. I think they've got the best chance of going all the way through. So I'm going to say my favorite is Brazil. Yeah, I like that. I like that. You know, here's a team I I, I really like. I just can't pick them because they, they haven't performed great at the world stage. This Belgian team, it's yeah. their last shot really with this golden age of the Belgian team. I really like them. That being said, I I don't I don't think they make it. I don't think they make it. I agree with you. Germany solid. They're always solid. I just I think they're aging too. Um, they're top players. That gives them great leadership. But I also don't think it gives them the the best chance, the best shot. So they're going down here. Um, I'm I'm showing jerseys by the way for you listening. It's it's way more suspenseful to watch the video but but that's that's okay you can just just pretend you're seeing the jersey this team here again like i said they french team they they're a team that that has it they have all the tools i just don't think they do it this year uh english team as much as i would love to see them go through i don't i don't see that this year i'm shocked so, that they're even in the discussion i guess you're yeah. just going through well, your jerseys okay. i'm going through, you're my just going jerseys. through your jerseys all right, okay. all right but but england is one of those teams that like talent wise on the field with the players they have, they yeah. could do it. But I, I just, just think everybody see. thinks because they invented the sport that they have to be in the discussion. No, I mean, I mean they they <laughs> I think the other reason why is because the Premier League is the world's most most, you know, watched league that a lot of those players we know, right? 
But the reason why a I lot, don't, a lot of those players aren't for, aren't playing for England. A lot of those players, a lot of those players aren't playing Premier for League. England. But a lot of the ones who we see do, right? So, and then they're playing yeah, pretty true. well right now. I mean, Saka's playing very well for Arsenal. Like yeah. you know, Rashford's back. He's you know he's clearly back. The center midfield is where I think they aren't as strong. That's that's unfortunately where they're not going to. And you need the center. You need a strong center midfield, which goes to the Dutch team, which is a very strong center midfield. And I think they're going to go. I think they're going to go very far. I think they make the semis or the final this year. But I'm going to go too with you. I agree. I think Brazil takes yeah. it this year. They are. I think they're they're just flat out the strongest team. That and I mean France again. I mean you got Benzema playing at the top of his game. You have that their their squad. France, Netherlands, Belgium. As far as talent wise, like I think France, Belgium, you, you know, step above where where because De Bruyne, man. I mean you can't you just can't count that dude out he's he's insane that being said brazil i think takes it home for what is that the seventh time sixth time oh okay i just saw that stat too i wish i could remember a lot of times a lot um, of times yeah a lot of times so it'd be way better if i could just say that a number but that's okay i don't want to be wrong are you gonna look it up right now are you, our producer should we get our producer paul yeah i'll, I'll uh, see you find out so Brazil, we're this is folks. This is how the sausage is made. This is our producer right now. They have, yes. they have the suspense is five. killing me. They've won five, five, five. So this will be their sixth title. That's what we're predicting. Yep. So folks, 58, 62, 70, 94, 2002. There we go. So they're due. They're due. So, all right, folks, I want to hear your picks. So, you know, let us know your picks. Show them. You, know, you can send them in. You can you can go on to the Facebook group and show them there. Just put, a, put them down there. Email us, whatever. I would say if we were super organized, we would have had a pool and done all kinds of stuff, brackets and all that stuff, but, but we're not doing that. So I encourage you to do it with your family. It's a fun thing to do with your kids. Get them involved with it, even if they're, even if they're not super into soccer. Um, it's, it's a global thing, man. This is, this is just part of what the world is doing. It'll introduce them to the world too. It's a great way to show your kids like, Hey, these countries, and then talk about that country. What's that country? Where are they? What are they doing to get, you know, this, the world is small and it's a great way to get them involved with it and to watch games together is a lot of fun. So if you do like a bracket together and you do what we just did and say, who are your two teams that are coming out of it, all that, then they actually have something to cheer for. Is uh, is that yours right there? Is that what you got? No, this is, these were our picks so that we, oh. when we come back. Oh, you wrote them down. Who we picked. Yep. Yep. Okay, you Give wrote mine down. Accountability. You wrote mine wrote down too. Down. Okay, good, yeah. good. So yeah. I can't change it and they go, oh no, what are you talking about? I picked what are you talking about? I picked Poland. What do you mean? Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. But you so, know what? Another thing that's really fun, and we're not we're not sponsored by Panini, but those Panini uh, player card books, World Cup books. Yeah. You can pick them up at CBS, Walgreens, something like that. My kids absolutely love that. I get the player cards or stickers, you fill in the book. It's got all that. That's really a lot of uh, yeah. fun way to follow along with the world cup as well so yeah we did that i think Benini, if you'd time. like to sponsor the pod that'd be fine but right now they're not so we will take it we are accepting sponsorships so if you do want to <laughs> sponsor us you can do that we have we have had a couple over the over the last couple of years but yeah that is a cool way too so whatever it is i mean i see these opportunities like this to be able to connect with others to be able to connect with your kids to be able to connect with you you know to bring your family together bring friends together a guy at, at church he's been like you know he's a soccer guy we're like hey let's get together and watch one of the games 
So we're going to, you know, we picked a game and we're going to do it. It's going to be, it'll be a lot of fun. So those are, you know, I encourage you to do that. This is not just a time to sit by yourself and watching these games. This is a time, you know, go out, go to a sports bar, go to places, get to know people, watch with your family, take this as an opportunity to also, you know, we'll be talking, I imagine throughout about just some of the different leadership things we see, the different coaches that are doing different things. That's something that, that, you know, I looked at and like, uh, Carlos Akiraz, I believe on the Iranian team, Iranian team, and a former Man U and Portugal manager can't count those guys out either. You know, like that, that goes into a lot of this is the coaches and the managers and how they're bringing together their teams and how they're encouraging their players and how they're, because it's hard to bring a team together of a bunch of, bunch of really, really, really good players who are the top of their game and and they think they're the best at everything. And then you bring them together on a team and they have to be a team in a very short time, which is why you see a lot of these teams not doing well is because you have a bunch of attitudes and they don't play together as a team. So anyway, there's there's all these different things, which is why the drama of the World Cup, there's nothing like it. Nothing like it in any any sport. I don't care what it is. Mm-hmm. There's nothing like the drama of the World Cup. And especially, I don't know if you were able to go when it came in 90, you know, 94, but I went to Palo Alto and the Brazilians were there. It was Brazil, Cameroon. Believable. Just seeing the passion and the fun and the dancing and the colors and the, oh, it was so cool. I got to go to Yeah, we were in Orlando with the the Netherlands. Yeah. That was, it was same thing. It was amazing. We, I mean, you almost stayed outside to be part of the outside culture, you know, it was just as amazing as the, the culture inside the stadium. 100%. 100%. And at, and at Palo Alto, it was amazing because I don't know if you've ever been to the Stanford campus, but it's just tons of space. So yeah. you have just trees and the parking lot is not a party. It's just, just dirt. So there, I mean, it was everywhere. It was just party everywhere. It was so cool. It's not like some of these just parking lots and, you know, whatever. It was, it was basically you're camping. I mean, it felt like you were camping <laughs> with the Brazilians. It was so cool. Yeah. So anyway, well, all right. Well, cool. Well, folks, appreciate you. Uh, if you stuck with us this long, it means you actually, you know, you love the banter and that's, that's great. We love that. And I hope that you're taking something from this. You know, we do, we talked about leadership at the beginning. We did, but we wanted to to go down and talk about some of these teams and just have a good time. And then you guys can hold us accountable and see how we know nothing about the sport or how we are just flat out brilliant. Um, <laughs> one of the two or somewhere in between is more likely or actually not the brilliant part. Maybe that's pretty easy to say, what so we are, but that's okay. We, we, we just love doing it. We love being a part of your lives and we'd love you guys being a part of ours. I do consider that definitely part of our lives as you are. We are engaging this stuff together and just having some fun doing this one. But with everything, as we're doing this stuff, you know, we talked about Warrior Way earlier. That's some just some great stuff that Paul and Marcy and, and their team are doing out there in Waco and, and beyond. So check that out, warriorwaysoccer.com. The uh, disc training that I'm that I'm able to do with different teams and clubs. If you're interested in that at all, I'm actually looking for a few more clubs to work with to get there to, to be able to do some. St- I'm actually doing a study on retention of players and being able to see which personality styles we're, we're retaining. And I, and I have some, some theories on that that we'll talk about. We're going to be talking about that on this show because I really care about the kids and I, and I don't want kids to stop playing just because it's, it's not fun or they don't think they're good enough or whatever. And they're, and, and they're just the way they're wired drives them out of the game. And, and that's stuff that we as coaches, we as leaders can, can actually 
play a role in. We can, we can help them to stay in the game with different things. And so I'm speaking at the United States soccer or the United soccer coaches convention about that. And in fact, the United, United soccer coaches convention is coming up. And that's something that, you know, Paul, unfortunately, I don't think you're going to be able to make it to that because because yeah. of the wrestling, right? I mean, if, if I'm not mistaken, it's a wrestling tournament for yeah, that. There's a lot going on this, this uh, winter. But boy, that's, that's a bummer, but I'll be there. I'll be a podcast row. Very excited about that. Got a, I got a, a breakout session that I will be speaking on. Like I said, that player retention. And the other thing about it is there's some great, great speakers that are going to be that have been, that some of them have been on the show. You know, some of them have been a part of this, this podcast. So I encourage you to, uh, 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 Dan Abrams is one of them. So, and that's the thing. I, I don't know if I've told you this already. That's one, one difficult thing about my talk is I'm in the same time slot as Dan Abrams. So folks, what I encourage you to do is listen to the Dan Abrams episode of how soccer explains leadership and then come to the breakout that I will be doing with some other people because, you know, I mean, I'm sure he'll say the same stuff, right? Right. Paul, I mean, what do you think? He always just says the same stuff. It's to like totally. Totally. One, yeah. one trick pony. I mean, come on, let's be honest. <laughs> I'm kidding. Dan is not, but what I, I do want to say, I mean, we, we are, you, you know, this is something that, that they, we have uh, share with you is you don't want to miss this, this 2023 United soccer coaches convention in Philadelphia. Uh, it is January 11th through the 15th. Convention is the largest gathering of soccer coaches, administrators, and fans in the world. Um, you can, you know, you can send sessions crafted with your coaching level, whatever it is. If you're high school, there's high school coaches. If there's college, college, pro, pro, you know, grassroots, all kinds of stuff, desire top, it, it, anything you can think of, not anything, but a lot of things you can think of are covered at the, at the convention. I know we went last year, Paul, and, and I learned a ton. Mm -hmm. I don't know about you. World-class educators over 200 lecture sections, sessions, field demonstrations, offer every coach something that really you can bring back and use in your training sessions. Amanda Vandervoort, who we're going to be getting on this show at some point, I've talked with her about it. We just haven't gotten our schedules together. President of the USL Super League, she's going to be there. Anthony Flores, he's youth technical director of the Philadelphia Union. Laura Harvey, she's the, the head coach of the, the Rain FC, and that's NWSL, if, I, if I'm not mistaken. Becky Burley and Brett Ledbetter, I'm hoping to get them on the show as well. What drives winning? One of them, at least. You, you've probably heard of some of their stuff, whether you know that or not. Dan Abrams, as I talked about, there's going to be a whole lot more to coming, but check it out. You can go register at unitedsoccercoachesconvention.org. So that's coming your way in in just like a month and a half. It's crazy. It's, already, it's, it's coming upon us. So I encourage you guys. Go check that out. If you're coaching, if you're listening to this show, I, I would be surprised if that's not something that you would want to be a part of. So there's that. We also have all the other things that we're working on. I just, you know, I don't even need to talk about all that. You've seen it. You can go to our show notes and you can see the different things that we're doing, like coaching the bigger game. And with everything that we do, at the end of the day, what we really hope and pray you're going to be able to do with this show is you're going to be able to use it to be a better spouse, a better parent, a better friend, a better leader in all that you do, better in every relationship that you have. And continually remind yourself, as the World Cup is upon us, as all this amazing excitement is going on, that soccer does explain life and leadership. Thanks a lot. Have a great couple of weeks. <laughs>